0: VR collaboration apps are the fastest growing category of VR apps since possibly gaming. But what makes a really good VR collaboration platform? Welcome to the XR Seattle podcast. My name is Vinay Narayan, along
1: with. Hi, I'm Kirby Shibaga. Hi, I'm Nirav Vasan.
0: And today we're gonna be looking at what are VR collaboration platforms and what makes them so compelling. As you can imagine with COVID-19, we've seen more and more companies embrace collaboration platforms. In fact, according to Wrote to vr there are over 34 VR collaboration tools on the market today. But what really makes a really good collaboration platform? But maybe more importantly, what is VR for collaboration?
2: That's a good point, Vinay. I mean, um, you've seen uh, a tremendous growth in uh, web conferencing solutions. Um, the limitation of hardware has made it, there's been a lot of interest in VR collaboration. However, full enterprise adoption has been difficult um, for a number of reasons. One is hardware accessibility, uh, but also I think the tools are still pretty rudimentary. We're feeling our way through that ecosystem.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely times, you know, use cases when it's it's good to use. So, for example, at a conference uh, just a few days back, I went to the Microsoft Dev Days conference, and the keynote speech by Alex Kipman. Was done in alt space vr and uh you know maybe we'll talk more details on that later but i actually felt it was a pretty good experience uh from a audience member point of view so there are some tools and some use cases that may be useful to your business today definitely lots of opportunities
2: so kirby can we drill in a little bit more on that i mean what what do you think um VR offers in collaboration over, say, a Zoom or a a WebEx meeting?
1: I guess a couple of things. One of them is just that you tend to be more focused, uh, especially in VR, because you have a headset on and you can't see the outside world. So it means you're not multitasking, reading emails or, you know, trying to do work on the side. So you're more focused. And then even with low resolution, for me, I do get a sense of presence that I'm actually somewhere else. I see all these other avatars, even though they're low resolution, I know that they're human and it, it does feel like I'm at that conference. That's a great point. So I think that's one of the things that I think we all look
0: for in a lot of these event spaces is a level of engagement and, and the sense of presence. And I think that's one of the things that VR really helps to differentiate itself, especially if you look at kind of the zoom hangover where everyone's there 2d, feels very unnatural, uh, and most of the time, you're just doing one-to-many in terms of information share. Uh, the ability to share ideas, to collaborate, even build relationships is very difficult, typical web conference style, but the ability to move around to, to really be able to understand um, the individual and pull up assets and interact in a way that's much more intuitive is definitely one of those opportunities uh, for VR. Um, but Nirav, you've seen so many amazing tools out there uh, in fact, you're you're on the board of a company that's actually doing some amazing work in collaboration tools as well. Uh, what kind of makes you guys so successful in this space? And what do you guys think
2: that you bring very different uh, into the market? Well, so I think it's productivity. Um, you know, there are 34 different platforms out there. And um, I'm not going to go into particular ones of what I like or don't like in, in, in particular companies. I love the presence. I love being able to be in a virtual meeting. I can't really see eye to eye, but there's enough there to get a sense of where they're looking. I could tell when someone looks off to space and they're deep in thought. I could tell when they're leaning back. All the body language clues really help inform the conversation. And after a while, there's an initial phase where you're running around the room trying to understand the the mechanics of 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 the environment. Then people kind of settle in to like a seat or a location And they start looking at each other's eyes, right? And that interaction never happens on um, a web conference. It's actually kind of odd if I sit there and stare into your eyes at a web conference. But in a VR environment, that feels very natural. The question, though, is how do you get productivity out of that? And I think that's still still kind of up for debate. I don't know. Does that make sense? So, yes, that makes actually perfect sense. Productivity is
0: also one of a key output or a key aspect of actually being able to do in meetings. And that's one of the things we've noticed with the introduction of more VR tools, we've had more uh, VR and video meetings as well, but has productivity really increased? I think productivity, especially when you're looking at VR, it's really, it's more than just having a one to many information share. It is really about collaboration. And the moment we can share ideas, the moment we can actually be looking at the same thing and identify that, uh, that is a very important aspect of productivity. So I think you know when you look at overall productivity tools, what makes VR collaboration tools very productive? And I think there's two parts to that. There is reducing friction, meaning how can you bring in your existing 2D assets into a virtual world? So you wanna make sure you reduce the amount of time and energy and effort you have by pulling in assets. And there is the impact of those assets. How can you actually manipulate, interact, and pull those different tools? One of the common tools in VR, Event space or collaboration software is also self-notes. That is a very amazing aspect. Oftentimes when you're looking at a presentation, a lecture, or even a meeting, there's notes to self, things you want to do, or you may also want to be able to look those things up. And the ability to actually go ahead and mute certain members or audience or moments, go ahead and actually write a note or something that's very actionable, and rejoin the conversation, all without actually losing the sense of presence, is one of those almost like superpowers that you get by having a, a meeting in vr
1: note-taking yeah i i mean one thing too with just to back up a little bit with the one-to-many relationship you know like conferences and education opportunities those seem to be more maybe more useful right now another positive there is when you go to a conference that say has you know 500 or a thousand people or more At the end of it if if the speaker asks for questions it gets really awkward trying to figure out who put their hand up in what order but also you tend to miss people that do have good questions but they may be reluctant to ask the question in that big public space and what i found is audience members in a in a vr situation like that because they have an avatar in front of them and Perhaps no one really knows who they are. The folks that were reluctant now are more willing to have a voice and
2: and share it. Kirby, that brings up a really good point, and that that is the anonymity of uh, VR. Because of the state of technology currently dealing with avatars, it has amazing potential beyond just conferences, but actually in uh, areas where where you want to abstract out race or gender. Imagine an interview done in, the, in a VR collaboration platform where you don't want to know the gender of the participant or the race of the participant. So I, I'm very interested in, in some seeing what can be done with VR that cannot be done uh, physically right now.
0: Yeah, the inclusivity aspect of it, it's actually really an interesting one, especially when you start to strip out things that can be distracting. But in that same spirit and token, avatars can be distracting themselves, and digital environments can be distracting themselves how do you find that balance between keeping it professional uh, keeping yourself connected right some of us actually have a very specific way of interacting and speaking and doing things that makes us us um, mm-hmm. but at the same time making sure that everyone feels comfortable and, and included as well
2: i i think it, Vinay, that much different though than a web meeting or a uh, in-person meeting i mean i could go to a meeting and be extremely disruptive I just if i could uh be doing a lot of disruptive things in a virtual meeting um do you i guess i'm trying to get into the nature of the question do you think it is of kind different in vr or just a I, new, new new thing to grapple with yeah
0: i think it's definitely an opportunity um, in vr to do things maybe a little bit better than our current worlds as well and especially our 2d uh simulations of our, our current meeting situations but I, I i mean i think there's a level of realism that is actually very helpful and When you're engaged, even the fidelity doesn't matter as much, but I do feel like as if there's better, what differentiates one VR collaboration platform from another is really the ability to switch between uh, semi-realistic, meaning representative Mm -hmm. of the person speaking, um, as well as uh, being able to take them into a, a different style of engagement. And I think I've seen some great examples of that of actually being able to create avatars. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. Facebook has launched their avatar platform for, for Facebook. And a lot of people have been really excited to create an avatar themselves, but equally, it almost feels like there's an equal amount of folks that are disappointed that their avatar is so generic. Uh, mm-hmm. an, even though with all the customization tools, uh, you know, we've we've seen also some VR collaboration tools that actually create very realistic avatars without it being distracting, but very quickly without using VR. In uh, an, an example of that too is, is with with 5 you can actually take a picture of yourself and through that tutorial very quickly create an avatar that you're saying, "Hey, that's me." If you were to engage with that, I feel comfortable. It is as realistic as I want it to be, uh, while at the same time just being a very easy and straightforward process to to create a representation of of me that um, I, I feel very comfortable with.
1: Yeah, that that also brings up the question. You know, some some collaboration worlds or, you know, digital worlds, they allow you to create an avatar that doesn't take a human form, right? Now, Mm -hmm. in a business setting, probably you want people, the avatars to look like humans. But I wonder, are there instances in collaboration where it's beneficial to express yourself as a non-human?
2: So I I think, um, yes, there could be. But I kind of want to f- go in a little bit deeper on what is actually useful here. Because if we think about the entertainment space or the consumer space, you can do all sorts of things, right? And we can play with physics. We can play with representation. You can, can explore all sorts of philosophical concepts. Um, but if you're thinking about a business meeting, what is the use case that we really want to dive into? And then what features do we want to turn on and off to make that meeting more productive. So for example, Vinay, as you were saying, um, uh, what is distracting and not, what I found to be the the singularly most useful feature in making a meeting productive, is to have hotspots at a table. You know, if you let people roam wherever all the time, clearly let them roam, but if you enable them to teleport and hotspot into a chair, Suddenly, the conversation shifts from, you know, some something where I'm looking around, moving around a lot virtually to I'm at the table, I'm sitting there, I'm talking with someone. And those small features really make a meeting more productive. Um, another example is, as you were saying, note-taking. Uh, with Moonbeam, we're actually looking in two ways to, uh, we're, we're transcribing meetings, we are enabling uh, direct uh, note-to-self capability, and we have this feature called the cone of silence, which lets me, have sidebar com- instant sidebar conversations. Those are the kind of things that we do in meetings anyway. Um, you might be texting your colleague in a meeting. Enabling that type of interaction really tailored at how do I have a one-on-one conversation discuss the subject matter, and I don't want to make that public, or that's tailored into a type of meeting that you're having. Um, and so the features should be driven by business need, not necessarily what's possible.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I yeah, always think, what's, what's the need before the technology? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think also brings us to another good point, too. I think the categories. You know, as we talk about XR collaboration platforms, uh, we get really excited about all the things you can do. Uh, the question is, when do you need to do them? And then I think that's really defined by who your audience is, right, and, and the output. Uh, yeah. If you're doing this for multimedia entertainment purposes, there's a different set of tools and environments and best practices you want to implement, um, as well as a business and the in-between. Right? We're seeing a, a blend between your professional business environments, as well as between your your personal environments, where you're coming into meeting your your friends or your friends' friends, or even other um, business development meetings now that maybe by happen chance or networks are expanding. So you're looking at these different tools um, is very critical in terms of the environment. So that's why the, the platform is important. The difference between an app and a platform is the ability for the extensibility of those tools, those environments, yeah. uh, and I think that that's gonna be a really great opportunity. Um, I almost feel like there's enough discussion here to really kind of talk about two different areas, the the deep dives between the different XR collaboration verticals, right? Uh, as well as what are some of the
2: tools best practices as well. I agree. Um, so, I, like, you, uh, verticals, I would say training is critical. It's huge, and, and uh, we've already seen amazing success in uh, VR in, for training. But how do you make that training more inter- interactive? How do you make it um, facilitate other types of training? And if, particularly if you think about what's going on with ed- uh, educational institutions and universities, how do we enable VR to be part of that solution to make a um, a discussion uh, with your TA or what have you more more productive um, to be able to shift from a large seminar to a a, uh, a a breakout room.
1: Yeah, so that for me that also reminds me of the need to be able to create an app an ad hoc place mm. to meet. And, you know, that's where I think something like WebXR becomes really important. Yeah. Uh, you just share a URL through your web browser, you can enter VR, and it's it's really quick. You know, like Mozilla Hubs, for mm-hmm. example. So a little off topic there, maybe from the sort of conference stuff, but it, I think for this to become more uh, more accessible, web xr front ends at least will be important yeah
2: you know that's actually um so I, i'm 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 uh giving a talk at, at, at um foster school um next week um and we were talking about vr collaboration in, in, in marketing classroom none of them i imagine from from profile data polling ahead of time none of them have actually worked in vr so mozilla hubs and the ability to just send out a url ahead of time and get the, get them to get a sense of what it is, is yeah. really powerful because frankly, a lot of people don't even know what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think bringing in best practices is important to make sure that we don't reinvent the wheel. Um, and, and Kirby, great example with WebXR because really reducing friction, the ability to start a meeting and join a meeting, that's imperative, right? So I think that as we look at, um, you know, maybe the question for us as a group is, why do you think people have not yet tried vr collaboration tools given the impact the value um and and just the opportunity that uh, this tool provides Uh, kirby i'll start off
1: with you yeah i guess number one is a lot of people just haven't tried vr in general or they don't have a headset so you know until we get wider adoption that's one of the uh stumbling blocks
2: i guess yeah very good very valid point what about you nerve what do you think I mean, I agree with Kirby's statement, the availability of the hardware, the availability of uh, experiencing to begin with. But secondly, I think the tools are still not there yet. I cannot take notes. I cannot uh, open up a spreadsheet or an email in a meeting. You know, I cannot, I'm isolating myself from productivity when I go into the, into a meeting. So in order for it to actually be useful, we have to start engineering Exactly what is needed for that needed for that for, for productivity in that meeting, and then it can be institution, institutionalized into business processes. Otherwise, until then, it's really just a a fun thing to do. Yeah. So, then, do um, you think then is this going
0: to be a fad, or is this or is product VR collaboration tools here to stay?
2: So, I'll, I'll jump on that one. Um, I think it's here to stay, uh, particularly with how. One quick example is we're not gonna have conferences for a little while. Um, we know that um, based on what's going on uh, globally. How do you have that productive serendipitous meeting that you might have with someone you meet at a conference or reconnect with at a conference where you can just quickly brainstorm out an idea of potential partnership or collaboration or just a, a new initiative. That happens all the time at conferences. There's no way to replicate that right now. 2D conference solutions aren't doing that you really need a 3D solution to be able to do that. And I think people are gonna, the more we isolate, the more we're gonna feel that need.
1: Yeah, and actually just to add on to that, um, not just conferences, but meetups, right? Mm -hmm. Meetups are extremely popular. uh, And now of course, you got to meet online. There's advantages there that now you don't have to be geographically in that same location to attend a meetup that you're interested in. You know, I've attended a few meetups in, in VR and again, it's one of those things where you see the other avatars and you, you feel like you've, you're have you not at home anymore. You've kind of gone somewhere uh, and that, that can be a nice escape, especially now. Vinay, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think definitely
0: I feel as though this is not a fad. Uh, more importantly, I think this may be the transition into even the killer app category basically that, that that particular tool that brings all of us into a very daily use of this product. There, I don't think that VR or any really tool needs to be used um, in replacement of all tools. I think in conjunction with what you need, whether it's a voice conference call, whether it's a WebEx style call or webinar or a video uh, or a VR collaboration tool, um, you're really seeing a lot of need for that level of mental engagement. Um, one thing, even though we look at social isolation or self-isolation measures and talk about the temporary impact of that, whether it's even a year down the road, there's something that's profound that's actually come out of needing to use these type of tools in that there are different ways and better ways for us to engage rather than traditional methods. As we look to reducing the the friction that comes with adoption of new technology, especially with VR, reducing hardware size, complexity, and cost, uh, making tools that are more platforms than they are apps, right? The interoperability, the ability mm-hmm. to pull in uh, existing data, uh, professional as well as personal, and the ability to be cross-platform. So if I'm using one type of app or product or even a headset, uh, being able to collaborate with you who either may be using a different headset or may be on a 2D uh, computer type of interface. Yeah. Uh, I think the ability for all those things to happen. And, um, you know, there's there's so many reasons, compelling reasons why this makes sense. Um, the ability for us to even go to school and partner with educators or classmates uh, or folks that can just help us whenever we need that help. So yeah, I think there's a this is definitely not a fad, um, and it's going to be something that, during given the circumstances, is going to really help to to bring light to the to the opportunity that uh, VR brings, especially collaboration in VR.
1: Yeah. It, so, so a couple couple of things there, real quickly. So I mean now, or even before COVID. You You know you would have uh, FaceTime. You might only do audio. Sometimes you want video because you want to see the other person, yeah. you know, like a grandparent and a grandchild kind of situation. So now maybe we can see this as kind of the next level of uh, engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, the other point is that you know, even right now, everybody's at home or still mostly at home. Many large companies have already said, or are thinking of when this thing ends, let's keep a good percentage of people working from home because it's just as productive. Maybe the employees are happier. Uh, There's less commuting, better for the environment. And of course the company doesn't have to lease
2: out, you know, building space. So Kirby, um, going back to your meetup uh, example, Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of want to put something up to the name as a hardware guy here. When are we going to have a headset where I can drink a beer and have a and and be in a uh, remote co- collaboration session? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I, I don't feel like coffee all over myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, coffee. Yes. When can you have coffee and be in a collaboration? Session. <laughs> yes, that's. I think. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the intersection of when you know VR is here for everyone. <laughs>
1: Actually, another thought that just popped into my mind, uh, you know, yes, this is going to stay. It's going to grow. There's going to be consolidation, all of that, all of that kind of stuff. But I think we'll know that it's here to stay when it's sort of like Twitter, where you have a have a handle, and that oh, yeah. becomes universal. Excellent, great. No, I
0: mean, amazing discussion, guys. Um, anything else to leave the audience with as, as we wrap this uh, this podcast up?
2: I would say watch the space. There are, again, you mentioned the Road to the R um, com- uh, report, that there's 34 companies in the space. This is moving fast and there's some amazing new development. So um, we're yeah. learning how to navigate the space and it's it's moving quickly. And I would encourage uh, folks that haven't experienced one of these
1: platforms to go ahead and try it. Um, even if you don't have a heads- headset currently, a lot of them do offer a desktop experience and you can sort of get used to some of the tools and capabilities. Definitely, yeah. And there's a lot of
0: different XR collaboration platforms out in the market. And if you're thinking about even building one, don't be intimidated by it. The marketplace and the opportunity is big enough for all of us to collaborate together to share those best practices. All right, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Tune in again when we actually talk about more XR collaboration platforms. We'll go deeper into the industry best practices, industry verticals, and how you can get more involved with XR Collaboration. Thanks for tuning in to the XR Seattle podcast or XRSEA pod and follow us more for great discussions on XR.
1: All right. We'll see you soon.
2: All right. Thank you.